This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Welcome to Raw Beauty Talks. I'm your host, Erin Trelore. Ready to peer behind the highlight reel and all those polished pictures of the world's biggest influencers and wellness experts, we're going to uncover what beauty, health, and wellness truly means in today's world. As someone who really struggled with disordered eating and negative body image, I became a health coach because I'm passionate about redefining health and wellness so that it's less about the weight on the scale and more about how we feel. Let's pull back the curtain for some raw beauty talks. Hello, you absolutely brilliant, resilient, smart, and gorgeous human being. I'm so thrilled to have you tuning in for another episode of Raw Beauty Talks. Today, I have two guests who I have known for a very long time, and I hold such a big place in my heart for these women because they've truly taken what were pain points in their own life and turned it into a passion that is reaching far and wide. I don't know if you're familiar with the brand Laundre, but it was started by Ainsley and Hannah, and they are both here on the Raw Beauty Talks show today to talk about how an eating disorder and a passion for the environment shaped their sustainable bathing suit company, Laundre. We talk about ageism in media and how we don't see a lot of older women in media and how this impacts our relationship with aging. The girls talk about the struggles that they've faced when trying to hire models who are older. We talk about what happens behind the scenes when Beyonce orders something from you. And the girls can really speak to this because Beyonce did just reach out to order some of their suits. So I had all the questions about that. And the girls also share their top self-care tools. Before we dive into that, I want to invite you to do your own little checkup from the neck up. Where are you at right now in this moment? Wherever you are, whatever you're noticing, can you be with that without judging it? You know, if there's something going on that's really exciting and fun, can you be with that? If you're feeling a little low today, can you be with that? If you're noticing that you're angry or frustrated with somebody, can you just notice it without judging yourself? Now, something I've been practicing a lot lately is meeting every moment and understanding that I have control over how I meet that moment. So I can either resist it, I can constrict, I can feel my body shut down, or I can choose to remain open and to be accepting of whatever is there. So let's talk about how we actually do this from a practical standpoint. As we're walking through the world, we are going to be triggered. We are going to notice different emotions and states bubbling up within us. That's part of being a human being. So it's not about stopping feelings of frustration or feelings of anxiety or feelings of happiness or joy. Have you ever been in a place where you were feeling happiness or joy and then you noticed that you started to freak out about whether or not you would be able to maintain that state or something might take it away or this is too good to be true, right? So whatever is coming up in this moment, can you just allow it to be? Can you notice it, even just closing your eyes for a moment, can you notice it without attaching to it? Imagine whatever it is that you're noticing 
like a leaf on a stream. It's just floating by you. And then if you're noticing in your body at all a feeling of tension or tightness or constriction, I'd like to invite you to just welcome in a feeling of openness, a feeling of softness. So I'm saying to myself quite frequently throughout the day right now, soften and open, soften and open. And whenever I feel my body starting to tense up, soften and open, finding my breath and almost imagining the space between each of my cells just expanding ever so slightly. Our body will react to various things that are happening and we are the ones who can control how we continue on from there. So we have the reaction and we soften and open. We have the reaction and we soften and open. And let me tell you, living from a space that's a little bit more soft and open, that's a little less tense and constricted, it just shifts everything. Energetically, we feel better. We're able to kind of move out of a space where perhaps we're thinking in a very narrow way. I'll give you an example. So yesterday, Scott's been away. He's been on a a well-deserved trip. And so I had the kids this weekend by myself, which was great. We had the best time, but also I was ready on Monday for both of them to go back to school so that I could dive into some work and also just have, you know, the chance to go get some exercise and move my body, do my meditation that had been put on hold while I was with them. And I got to school with James and the front door was locked. I was like, this is super strange. Long story short, it was a professional day. School was not on. He was not going to school. And I love my son. He is incredible, but he is high energy. This kid needs full attention when you're with him. So all of a sudden, my plans and my ideas to how my day was going completely shifted. And I could feel my body constrict and the thoughts like, F, what am I going to do? My whole day, the whole plan, the to-do list, ah, everything's shifted in that one split moment. I felt my whole body constrict and restrict. And then I remembered, every moment is how you meet it. And so I invited my body to soften and open. Okay, yeah, it's normal that I would feel a bit frustrated. That's cool. You know, I'm human, plans change, so it's fine that that was my initial reaction. I can see that I'm frustrated. And also, this is the reality of the situation. This is where we're at today. So how can we turn this around? We ended up messaging one of his friends who came over. We went for a long hike in the forest. The sun came out. It was absolutely beautiful and way better than folding laundry and sending emails. And just allowing and inviting my body to remain open and my mind to remain open in that moment completely shifted the entire day. I could have gone through every hour sort of ticked off and frustrated. He would have felt that, which I never want him to feel. And this was just an example of how we use these tools in our day-to-day life. So noticing where you're at right now, if there's any room to open and soften, to be gentle with yourself, which with whatever you're feeling, it's okay. You know, if you're not feeling your best right now, notice that, give yourself love and compassion And then invite yourself to show up in a different way. And just notice if you're able to do that. If you're not, that's okay. This work takes practice, but we're here with you. Hopefully this conversation will lighten things up as well. I'm so excited to have Ainsley and Hannah here from Laundre. Let me tell you a little bit about these incredible guests. Ainsley Rose, who I've, I mean, she shot and photographed Brooklyn's newborn baby photos while she was growing this company. 
Her journey in sustainability began around eight years old when she petitioned her city council to protect green space in Vancouver, BC. Ainsley channeled her creative energy and, and business acumen into building her photography business, where she's been featured in publications including British Vogue and Martha Stewart. Despite a growing successful photography business, Ainsley remained driven to create positive change for the planet, leading her to found laundry with her best friend, her roommate, and her travel buddy, Hannah. Hannah, as a teenager, struggled to overcome an eating disorder and the immense weight of societal pressures to conform to that stereotypical beauty that we always talk about on this show. She vowed to be part of the solution, achieving a communications degree, becoming a yoga instructor, and deepening her meditation practice to create positive change in media and fashion. Hannah's experience informed Laundrie's core values to empower and celebrate all women, embodied through Laundrie's commitment to celebrating diverse representations of beauty and never photoshopping bodies. You're starting to understand why I love this brand ethos so much. Let's dive into this conversation. Fast forward to the end of 2024. Think of your goals for a second. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should get Babbel. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that really don't help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversation, and Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teachings so you're ready to practice what you learned in the real world. If you're heading to another country, anytime soon, start using Babbel a few weeks before you go to learn basics like how to order food, ask for directions, speak to merchants without having to consult language apps while you're away. So fun. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash raw beauty talks. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash raw beauty talks. That's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash talks. Rules and restrictions may apply. This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line founded by the fabulous Jennifer Aniston. Jen got tired of the same old struggle we all face, choosing between hair products that work and ones that are actually good for us. With Lola V, that dilemma is history. We all put our hair through the ringer. That's why it's crucial to have products that not only repair the look of the damage, but also shield your locks from future harm. Enter Lola V's bestsellers, the Glossing Detangler and the Perfecting Leave-In Conditioner. They're your hair's new best friend. For a limited time, you get 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com. Just use the code RAWBEAUTYTALKS at checkout. Lolavie is all about naturally derived plant-based goodness, no silicone, sulfates, parabens, or gluten, and of course, cruelty-free and vegan. That's 15% off your order at lolavie.com with promo code RAWBEAUTYTALKS. You can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Tell them I sent you over. I'm so excited to have you 
sitting here for this conversation today so we can dive into a little bit more about my favorite bathing suit company and the incredible women behind the brand. I'd love to start this conversation by just hearing a little bit more about each of you as individuals and how your backgrounds led you to starting this incredible, sustainable, I mean, beautiful bathing suit line. Thank you so much, Erin. So Previous to getting into photography, I started um, sustainability advocacy by speaking at city council when I was eight years old. Sustainability has always been a key value for me and being able to combine my love for art and creativity with sustainability has been such a gift. We were, you know, best friends, roommates when we came up with the company and what started as a little side, hu- side hustle has now turned into Um, planting three coral reefs, upcycling almost one million plastic bottles alongside an incredible team of women and getting to do it with one of my best friends is really such a gift. It's so incredible. What were you advocating for when you were eight years old? They were going to be getting rid of a bunch of the green belt in North Vancouver. And I was like, absolutely not. My, we grew up in the mountains on the North shore, you know, surrounded by forest And I just loved playing in those trees so much and exploring the creeks around our house. And just the thought of all of that being taken away um, and developed was like devastating to me. So I really wanted to do something to try and mitigate that. Mm. I live in North Vancouver now and we live right beside the forest and trails. And I'm always in there with my six-year-old and my four-year-old. And so I just love that you were around James's age when you started really deeply caring about the environment around you. It just goes to show you these kids are soaking everything in. And Hannah, how about you? So you two were roommates. Where does your story begin in shaping this brand? Yeah. So, um, I grew up in the Yukon, definitely very immersed in nature as well, but unfortunately growing up, I did struggle with an eating disorder. Years later, I overcame that, but it definitely, you know, really instilled in me a deep rooted sense of wanting to make sure that we were never adding to that problem that was already occurring, especially in in marketing and media. Growing up, as so many people do, you know, you're looking up to these magazines and at the time, especially like truly, truly ridiculously photoshopped images of women who are already so thin to begin with and that's what you're comparing yourself to and so we didn't want to be part of that problem we wanted to make sure that we were empowering our community and it's so interesting because at the time in like you know 2016 before we launched and we were conceptualizing laundry no one was doing inclusive marketing at the time and i mean it's inspiring now to see that so many brands have kind of i guess jumped on the bandwagon unfortunately you know they didn't start out that way but it's great to see that people are picking up on that I love that you've been doing this and and thinking about it since 2016. I started Raw in 2014, and initially it was images of women without photo editing or filters and conversations like this, but all written on a little blog. And so, game changers, here we are, (laughs) all from from Canada, and out there advocating for the changes that we want to see. And you girls were just featured in Sports Illustrated, were you not? Which, again, has also changed a lot in the past decade. Um, but how cool is it to see images of 
your suits, which have only featured models who are unretouched and a wide variety of bodies, ethnicities, backgrounds, I'm blown away and I can't thank you enough for, for being brave. Like what was the reaction when you first put out these images and your line? Did you get any feedback? I mean, for example, like the first, we spoke to this like branding marketing kind of guru guy and we explained, you know, our brand vision and how we were feeling with our values. And he said, no, 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 no. Hot girl, palm tree, swimsuit, done. Personally, I think all the women that we photograph are super hot. His definition of hot was very narrow, but I know you had quite a few interactions too in the beginning. Yeah, I mean, I would say as well, it's so interesting because, you know, any of these shoots that we would go on, our models would show up and say, oh, you know, I haven't shaved here or I have a bruise on my leg here or, you know, I feel kind of uncomfortable about this part of my body. Like, you know, can you make sure to Photoshop it? And we would just stand there and say, sorry, (laughs) you know, like we don't do that. And they would get the photos back. And some of them, you know, said to Ains, like, I, I've, I cried seeing these photos of myself because I felt so beautiful in these images. And I know that they're actually me. They're not someone sitting behind a computer editor photoshopping them. You know, that was so powerful in building our community, especially here in Vancouver when we first started in 2017 and um, staying true to our values and like being really, really firm in that allowed us to create this community that five years later is still going strong and and growing every single day. So, oh, I remember doing the raw shoots and women would come in and be apologizing and barely able to you know, look me in the eye because they felt so uncomfortable without makeup on. And for the shoots, we said like no brands, no jewelry, really just stripping it way back. By the end of the shoot, we'd have music on. Of course, we'd be hyping one another up and cheering one another on. And the energy was palpable. I mean, being able to show up just as you are to be celebrated for that, loved for that, accepted for that, to have like other girls telling you that you're beautiful and you could see the freedom lifting. I don't think I've talked about this, but for my very first raw shoot, I wore tinted moisturizer. Like I was too uncomfortable. Like the fact that I wasn't wearing mascara was enough of a challenge for me. And then obviously over the course of three or four years, I did many shoots without any makeup on, but it was literally like peeling back these layers of me needing to be seen as perfect and and whatever that means. It's so freeing though in giving people the space to show up just as they are. Not saying like you can never wear makeup and don't ever do your hair or never put on a cute outfit, but like you're also totally free to just come as you are. And I think that you are doing that on such a massive scale for women everywhere by standing strong in your values and never wavering from that. Hannah and I can be internally really hard on ourselves, especially with our appearance and our bodies too, like really, really hard. And I mean, I feel like I'm so privileged in so many ways in, and some of them relate to my appearance undoubtedly, but it's like, you often do want to solve the problems that you feel personally. And so it's like both an outward journey where other people get to see it and be a part of it and get amped up on your energy about it and an inward journey where you're still really working on it yourself too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, all the best teachers, coaches, speakers, 
the ones who have the most passion behind what they're doing have all felt the pain at some point that is driving them. It's why they tend to be so good at what they do because they've been right there in that space. We're releasing this episode in mental health month. And so I'm talking a lot about mental health and my own journey with that. I'm curious to know for both of you, Hannah, you mentioned you struggled with an eating disorder at some point, but is that part of the conversation in your daily lives? Do either of you struggle with anxiety or depression or, you know, any of these things? And it's okay if you don't, I'm just curious. I love that question. I think that, you know, we have, I would say daily check-ins on kind Mm -hmm. of, of where we're at. And, you know, especially in the last two years, there's this shift, right? This huge shift. And sometimes you don't think about how much it's weighing on your psyche, but you, you kind of wake up maybe one day and you're like, I'm feeling a bit off. And even just sharing that with somebody that you're close with allows that person too to know that they can, they can share and like also feel, you know, feel how they're feeling. And I think that, you know, for us, we make sure that, from you know a business perspective, if one of us needs to take a day off, we take a day off because we know that we're we're doing ourselves and our team a disfavor if we just say, okay, no, I'm going to stick through this and keep pushing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that we founded our company to be sort of the opposite of the leadership that we saw growing up. I remember growing up in media, I would see um, very patriarchal leadership styles presented as like the end all be all, like picture, you know, Gordon Ramsay. There's so many presidents and premiers that would fit into that category of leaders. And often the women leaders that I saw were basically celebrated for how well they fit into that. Think about like a boss bitch. Yes. We were very careful to try and like preserve that because we knew that if we were able to lead in a way that was true to who we were, that it would help support our mental health. However, as our business grew and became more successful, we started to get a lot more advice from people who had a different leadership style that was a maybe an older leadership style. Mm-hmm. I found like it, it increased my anxiety so much and was a huge deterrent on my mental health. It got to the point where we went from being like very like, have a day off, don't relax, you know, do your thing. Like your creativity comes from rest, you know, be kind to your team, be kind to yourself to, I would be like staying up until 3am every night because I wanted our company to be like scaling to another level, even though we were already growing 300% every year. I was like, we have to go, go, go. And like, I expressed to Hannah that I was feeling a bit burnt out and she was starting to feel similarly, but it was like right before Black Friday, Cyber Monday, Black Friday, Cyber Monday hits. I'm like, okay, I'm done. I can put it down. I sprinted the finish line. And then we went out for dinner. We like had a big night. I was like, totally like, I want to work hard, play hard. So we had a huge night. I came home at 3 a.m. And out of habit, I checked the computer and I realized that something mission critical hadn't been done on the website. Mm. And I had to drunk code the website. (laughs) And I cried the whole time. And I realized how hard my anxiety had started to hit in our business and it was like contributing to issues. So after that, we just, we took such a pause and we really slowed down. We like told our team, y'all can slow down. Everybody needs to like really regroup here. We stopped posting on social media for a week, which for anybody who's in marketing is like, you think that Mark Zuckerberg is going to personally like hunt you down at your house or something. (laughs) 
It's so true though. I took a month off and it was like, well, my business is over now. Like it's done. I won't recover from this. But you do. The world keeps going. Nobody even notices that you're gone. (laughs) It's totally fine. Our business improved because we took time off. Like across all metrics, it improved. For us, like taking care of our mental health. And for me, that means being really mindful of how much I turn towards anxiety. It's critical for ourselves, obviously, but it's so critical for the company. I love that you shared such a tangible example of how this plays out because we've all been there where you hit that moment of overwhelm and you're in tears and it just, you just realize like something's not in alignment and something has to change. And those moments can often be pretty painful and uncomfortable. It can feel really hard, but so often if we sit with that for a moment, we are given an opportunity to restructure or to come back to ourselves in a more aligned way. So one of the things that I've been thinking about lately, going back to this conversation around body diversity, is that I feel like the next thing we're going to see in this whole conversation is around ageism and the fact that women sort of disappear off the map after the age of 30. I remember feeling for so many years, like if I hadn't made my million, if I hadn't, you know, checked off that success metric and made top 30 under 30 lists that... I was a failure, that I wasn't smart enough, that I hadn't done things correctly. And now that I'm 37, I realize like I'm just, I have just as much motivation and as many ideas and as much passion as I ever have. And I'm not going anywhere. And that's not going to change at 40 or 50. I, I really don't think it's in my nature to just disappear off the scene and have nothing to say. So I'm curious, are you seeing this at all in marketing, advertising, What comes to mind for you girls as women? You know, I mean, obviously we try our best to show diversity in all of our images and we love to, you know, recruit all different kinds of models. And recently we were doing a shoot and Ainsley was trying to find a model who was like over 50 which mm-hmm. you'd think wouldn't be that challenging, but yeah. it proved to be incredibly challenging. And so, I mean, you know, that just goes to show that the, you know, the modeling industry is definitely directed even towards a younger demographic. We often work with modeling agencies that sort of specialize in having like a wide range of talent, lots of different people. And the fact that there was still only one just one person over 50. And then we would reach out and be like, Hey, first one for company. It'll be great. We're not going to retouch, but you're going to love it. It's going to be so fun. We'll make you feel really comfortable. That comes first. And we still couldn't get a bite. So it's been great to recruit my mom's friends have have been been amazing models for us in the past. And you know, our customers are incredible. Mm -hmm. We, most of our customers are between 24 and 44, but we have customers who are like up to 70. I feel like, Mm -hmm. Yeah, my actually my aunt is 73 and she rocks the minimalist night like no other. (laughs) I'm sure she does. And that's so interesting that you say that. Again, it takes me back to the early days of Raw and people being like, can you show some women who have acne and skin problems? Like you're doing this no makeup thing, but all these women have great skin. And I was like, I would love to, but I'm having a really hard time finding individuals who will 
take off their makeup who are struggling with their skin, or they want a little bit more time to see if they can, can improve it. So I know that this change will happen, but the early days of creating change and opening up space for people to feel comfortable in front of a camera and beautiful, it takes time. It's such a cycle where it's not seen. So it's harder to find people who want to be seen. Mm -hmm. With that said, anybody who's listening now, come find us because (laughs) this is a model call. Yeah. (laughs) You didn't know it. This isn't a podcast anymore. It's a model call. We'd really love for you you to join us. I can't remember who it was who told me this, but when you ask Alexa, that little like, you know, when you say like, Alexa, what's the weather today? At what age should a woman stop wearing a bikini? She responds back and says, I looked on the internet and found that 37 is the age in which women should stop wearing a two-piece bathing suit, which I was fascinated by given the fact that I am 37 and still absolutely wearing a two-piece and never would have thought any of anything else. So, I mean, we have some work to do, ladies. We have our work cut out for us. We have a lot of work to do. Mm -hmm. The things that I would say that have been really cool is we get so many emails from, you know, incredible customers. And we had a woman who was like 75 email us and say that she had just had a double mastectomy and she walked around the spa with her robe open, feeling so proud of her body. And it honestly made us both cry. Oh, I love that story so much. I am dying to know what happens when Beyonce freaking Knowles requests a bathing suit from your company. Like, how does that even happen? Did you get a call, an email? Who got the email? And then what what happened afterwards? Tell us everything. I like love Beyonce. I don't know. I don't know anybody who doesn't like Beyonce. I love no. Beyonce so much. And that honestly, like it was a career and life defining moment for me. She wants the minimalist in Fiesta Red. I'm like, y'all be better be like packaging it like you're Mr. Bean in love, actually. Like I want to see a cinnamon <laughs> stick and lilacs in there. We are going big for Beyonce. It's been really exciting. Like we built our company like all organically, you know, in the start. So it's just word of mouth. And then a lot of celebrities have gotten excited about the brand. Like Nina Dobrev is a fan, like Camila Mendez. And then just recently, like Blake Lively asked for a suit. Jessica Biel asked for a suit. Like, I don't know what's in the water, but it's it's a sweet laundry potion in there in LA or something. Because we're really, really excited. It's not there. It's just you two girls doing what you know women want and being women in the world and staying firm in that. It attracts, you know, everyone around you. And you've been working your asses off as well for a number of years, too. Okay. So back to Beyonce. Do you just pack the one red minimalist or do you send the whole line? Just the one red minimalist, you know, coming from a sustainability perspective, we don't oh, yeah. send somebody <laughs> multiple pieces. Um, and I, you know, celebs, they receive, I imagine, so many things, you know, and, and we don't want to contribute to like further. But hey, if she wants something else. <laughs> and then do you think she's going to share it on her Instagram? Honestly, Probably not. But just knowing that it's going in that direction and that <laughs> I'm like in her vicinity, one, that she has any clue about what we do is, mm-hmm. you know, I can, I can die business. It's incredible. Happy. But yeah. keep, keep and an eye out for us this summer, you know, we should be spotted somewhere. 
I am going to be, I'm going to have a close eye on her Instagram and now all these other women as well, trying to see if I can find some laundry in the wild out there. Uh, okay. One of the reasons that I know this brand is catching fire right now is because it's so sustainable and you're serving the planet. I mean, at the beginning, you briefly skimmed over the fact that you've collectively as a company planted three coral reefs, which a reef is like multiple elements of coral. It's not like, oh yeah, like three, they donated three little things of, this is substantial in regards to shifting our planet's health. So tell us a little bit about the actual product and how you have created such a sustainable, beautiful thing. Yeah. So, you know, we've been looking at sustainability from a 360 degree perspective. So what that means for us is it's not just about having, you know, a sustainable material. It's also about creating a really high quality, long lasting product, you know, being mindful about the way we encourage people to consume our product and other products and being aware of the full lifespan of the product. So we have like a repair and recycling program. If in the first year your suit gets a hole, we will pay for compensation to have it repaired. Um, We also have a recycling program. So at the end of your suit's long life, if your, you know, your body changes, it's no longer serving you, send it back to us and we'll get it rejuvenated into like, you know, a carpet or something along those lines. The funny thing is we've been doing this for five years and the product is really long lasting. Like I still have my original sample from like six years ago. That's in the exact same condition. Yeah. I can attest to that. I still have one of the OG ones from like 2017, 2018, and it is perfect. Oh, that's so great. I love to hear love hearing that. <laughs> yeah. 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 But the, we've only shipped back, um, to be recycled a very small, like grocery bag in five years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I know some of your suits, the rash guard that I have, I believe are made up with up to nine plastic bottles as well. So is this like they take the plastics, recycle it, and it's like put in and woven through the fabric that's created with? Yeah, it gets melted. So the plastic bottles are taken off beaches and streets in Taiwan. A lot of North American plastic is actually sent over to Taiwan because their recycling is so much better. It's much more efficient. And they melt it down. It becomes threads, which get woven into a fabric. It's mixed with Cheetosanti, which is um, an antibacterial and softening product. And then we make everything here in Vancouver. We're really excited because we just launched a product made from beans, literal beans, which is so exciting to us because our goal is to have a plastic-free future one day. And this is such a great step in that direction. It's also exciting because the intersection between fashion and sustainability is really clear in this one where it's possible that this technology at a bigger scale could be used to replace certain fossil fuels. Wow. You guys are so cool. (laughs) (laughs) Like this is what's cool. Women who are standing in their truth and who are making the world a better place. And I feel like it takes so much work to do that though. Like the number of barriers that you have to break down, the patience that you have to have, the trust in your products, the trust in, in the fact that your customers will find you and support you and it's working. Like you're doing it and it's, it's incredible to get, you know, this front row seat to be able to watch everything that you've been doing and, and to see where the brand is going right now. I want to talk a little bit about self-care and I would love to know for each of you, if you could pick three self-care tools 
to pack in a little backpack and then I was going to send you off to an island, what would you pick? I love this question. Definitely meditation, either guided or self-guided. I guess if you're on an island and don't have a phone charger, (laughs) go on the self-guided route. (laughs) I would say my face oil that I love to put on at night, like I have a face tool as well that I just use and it just feels, it's kind of one of those times where it's almost a meditation in and of itself as well, you know, just like really calming and your skin feels so glowy after and then you go to bed and it's just like oh, that like moment to yourself. Okay, what's your face oil? You've got to tell us your face oil and a bit more about your tool. Pharmacy Honey Grail. It's so good. Okay, so pharmacy. And when you're doing your meditations, if you're doing guided, is there an app that you like to use? I love Insight Timer. That's my go-to as well. Yeah, there's free options and there's so many beautiful recordings on there as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, and your third self-care tool? My third self-care tool would just simply have to be setting boundaries (laughs) for yourself and in your relationships. And it's tricky sometimes when things get a little bit crazy and in your relationship or your work and just bringing it back to yourself and knowing what you need in those moments is just so, so important for your self-care. Can you give me an example of a time when you had to set a boundary? what that actually looked like. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would say, you know, my relationship with my mother can sometimes be challenging. And, you know, especially when it came to my eating disorder, you know, she also experienced her own disordered eating that I don't even think she's come to the realization of. And so, you know, being around her and she'll just kind of blurt out certain statements, you know, oh, I shouldn't eat this, you know, it's, it's going to make me fat or, um, oh, I can't have too much of this or just statements like that, that really can be harmful, not only mm-hmm. to, you know, me as a witness having gone through that, but to her, you know, herself. And in those moments, I really tried to, you know, allow her to see what she's saying to herself and that negative self-talk. Yeah, setting boundaries around around that, I would say, is is definitely an important one. And and if that continues as well, just having to take a bit of a time out from too much time there. <laughs> oh, beautiful, beautiful share. I can guarantee you there are so many people listening right now who are like, oh, yes, have been right there and, you know, adore my mom or whatever it is or whoever it is in their family. But those comments can be so triggering. And, and also, I mean, she's lovely. She's very caring. <laughs> Of course, of course, of course. It's not even with intention to harm. It's just that they're so steeped in the same diet culture that we are and haven't necessarily had the healing or the time to process things differently or it's so ingrained in them that they can't get out of it. So yeah, no, it's nothing to do with that. We, I mean, we all have people around us who are saying triggering things and that also provides us an opportunity to look at where we can continue to heal ourselves, right? And and find strength in ourselves too. So love it. Ainsley, what about you? What are you doing for self-care these days? I'm doing a lot for self-care these days. <laughs> what are your top three? What are your favorites? So lately I've been listening to these affirmations on Spotify by um, Tony Jones. So I do okay. like an insight timer meditation. I really like Lisa Culpa um, on insight timer. And then I listen to affirmations by Tony Jones on Spotify. Um, the energy budget one is great. 
Um, there's another one called Work Ethic, which really speaks to the leadership that I want to embody at Wandre. And I listen to those while I'm getting ready. And it's like affirmations, but they're sounds like spoken word, like music kind of. So yes. It's a nice vibe. Like it gets me into a really good headspace. The other thing that I've been doing for self-care is I just had to turn me on to this type of water bottle. And it's like has a really nice mouth mouth feel. It's a simple modern one. I think it's Tinks, right? Is she the one who kind of brought it to like yes. fame? Yeah. Tinks brought it to fame in the Tinks cup. If you look that up, I'm so much more hydrated. The hydration levels and, like and a 12 out of 10. Tony Jones meditation. She goes, I'm a hydrated woman. And so all day long, I'm like, I'm a hydrated woman. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Perfect. Okay. So that's two self-care tools. We've got the medita- the affirmations and the water. The last one is I'm a big walk person. If I ever need to center myself, going for a long walk for me is, yeah. is the key. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was talking to um, Cassie, our marketing manager, about this, and she said that if you're feeling anxious or you're feeling depressed, the best thing you can do is go for a walk and talk to somebody. Like call a friend or go for a walk mm-hmm. in person because you're getting like activity, you're getting fresh air, you're being in nature and you're getting connection and you can get this like quadruple whammy of good vibes. So big walk, Mm. big walk girl. Beautiful. If you could send an email that was going to land in the inbox of every human in the world, it was going to be your final last message. (laughs) What would you say in that email? Wow. I would probably say that nature is the key. I feel like the connection that you have to nature and if you're going through something really tough, I find like looking at the ocean because it's so expansive and so big really makes you feel small in the best way. Mm-hmm. I would say, I'd probably say slowing down can be your biggest power move and in, you know, going and seeing nature or slowing down to meditate or slowing down to get in touch with your friends or family and in touch with yourself, because, you know, that's, that's kind of like where that, that deeper knowing is, um, of who you really are and and what direction you should be taking. So beautiful. And such a powerful message from both of you. A powerful message as well from two individuals who I'm sure have a lot of pressure to keep moving faster, 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 and to who could spend a lot of time in front of your computers and out of nature and just growing, building, hustling, all of the things. So it's it's really important and cool to see you both remembering to stay soft amidst, you know, all of the hard things that you're doing and to honor that feminine side of yourselves in a very masculine and male dominated world. And I just want you to know that I can see you. I can see how hard you're working for all of us and for yourselves. And, um, and, and I appreciate that. I really, really do cheering you on always and forever. <laughs> <laughs> right yeah. back at you, yeah. I'm so blown away by everything you've done. It's it's mm-hmm. absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. So inspiring. All right, everyone. Take what lands with you from this episode and leave the rest behind. I hope everyone has an amazing, amazing week. You can obviously find everything Laundre on their website. We'll link to that below. And you can follow them on Instagram at Laundre, L-O-N-D-R-E. Bodywear, B-O-D-Y-W-E-A-R. All right, girls. Have a beautiful day. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much, Erin. 
Thanks for taking the time to listen to this week's episode. Please take a moment to rate, review, or follow on your favorite podcast app and share this episode with someone that you think could benefit. Join the Rob Talks community at Rob Talks, And remember, it's your story, your body, your mind, and your journey. So think about what resonates with you and leave the rest behind. I'll see you next week. Do you ever feel like you're struggling through motherhood? You're not alone. I'm Erica Jossa, host of the MomWell podcast, therapist and mom of three. Join me each Wednesday as I sit down with guests, including psychologists, pediatricians, psychiatrists, fertility specialists, lactation consultants, and more to unravel the myths of motherhood. With expert advice, practical tips, self-love, and some coping skills to help you along the way, you can become the mother you want to be. Listen to the MomWell podcast at momwell.com slash listen or on your favorite podcast platform.